This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I loved it. Um, you know, it's always nice you know, when the... When the when the fans, you know, are calling your name, but it's, you know, it's not about me. It's about the team, and um, I just come on, you know, and try to, try to create. Um, and obviously, you know, I come on and played a part in the first goal, and then got the assist for the second. So, you know, I think it was, um, you know, a good, a good performance for myself. Even at the start, you know, I come on, uh, I was slipping all over the place. Actually, it was an unbelievable feeling to, to um, come here today, you know, and have the fans singing, singing my name. Um, you know, I've said to you before that. It's, it's weird because I usually have these fans booing me, but you know when they're when they're cheering me like this and singing my song, you know there's nothing more than I want to do than than pay them back with goals and assists. So hopefully my goal will come soon. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for a uh, mid-Euros uh, chat and update, what's been happening uh, in both the Euros and Aston Villa, Mr. Chris Bird and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, mate. How, how was your trip to uh, Budapest with the Dutch? Let's see, we like to get into the Euros. Uh, Physically. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It was a pitch-perfect trip. It was like the Roaring Twenties in Budapest. Once you've, uh, once they've checked that you've been tested and vaccinated uh, in clubs and everything, it's uh, you know no mention of face masks or, or anything like that. No social distancing. It's just full-on partying. And then uh, with the Dutch, you get the old Orange Army march with, with tens of thousands of Dutch fans, which was uh, it was almost, almost emotional at times. Just serenading uh, families on their balconies as you walk through town with bands and everything. I mean, really good natured, really good fun. And not a hint of uh, 10 German bombers in sight, I'd imagine. Well, not a hint of uh, any uh, people being arseholes, basically. Oh, good. Or small-minded arseholes. Everyone else turned up, but the team didn't. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Perfect day. The only thing missing was 90 minutes from the Dutch. They were awful. they were awful, and they—that's a, probably a team thinking that they're already in the semi-final when they saw the draw, and that's—it's uh, a tale for uh, England to uh, heed as as well. It's a cautionary tale that uh, you really do need in tournaments to take, as we've seen in a lot of these games. There's been a few shocks, uh, some big ones, 
where are all the group of death boys? They're all out, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. France, Portugal, Germany. Blown the draw wide open. I would ask you about your cricket experience tonight, but it seems like it was over before it began. <laughs> it's probably the most <laughs> one-sided game of cricket. I've ever been. Great that the Bears won, but bloody hell. I think they bowled Yorkshire out for 81 in about 15, 16 overs and then knocked them off in eight. For, for listeners who uh, live overseas and don't understand the uh, the rules of cricket, uh, Birmingham Bears, are the, the local Birmingham team, actually play around the corner from where I live. And uh, it's like a one-day thing. We don't, we, we don't need to go into the details. Bears are normally pretty good. Yorkshire, it's meant to be God's country, isn't it? But obviously God's own, yeah, apparently. They're not producing... Uh, Yorkshire is where Leeds come from, shall we say. So... Uh, Birmingham absolutely destroyed them uh, tonight. Right, let's get into uh, this podcast. But first of all, uh, just a quick shout out for uh, sponsor, uh, supporter of this episode, Free Trade, who we uh, introduced uh, at more length uh, in the last episode. It's an investment app where you can buy shares and uh, look after your portfolio in a very, very, very accessible manner and is commission free. A lot of uh, share apps uh, are, are quite complicated and you have to pay, you know, anywhere around 10 12 pounds for uh, an actual uh, transaction to buy shares but this is all without commissions and well i, I use it that's why we have it uh, supporting the show essentially I wanted to steer away from the old uh, betting companies and uh, the typical uh, type of sponsors that uh, football podcasts attract and wanted to really get uh, sponsors that a i use and b actually can help uh, listeners and and actually give them something uh, and enlighten them as well because one good thing about getting into shares you start to really start to research companies etc and it's you know it's more for long-term wealth so rather than trying to uh, get people to bet to lose all their money let's take the stance of trying to get people to earn money for the long term but uh, so far so good a good reaction from the listeners so far who have signed up because you do get a free share when you do sign up anywhere between three pounds and 200 pounds remember as with all investments, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than what you invest. But luckily, if you are a My Old Man Said patron, I mentioned it in the last podcast about potentially setting up some kind of Investo Club. Well, Investo Club now exists. So if you're a patron, just go to Match Club and uh, check it out. We've actually got a few uh, financial advisors in there and traders who are willing to, uh, we're not giving financial advice, but we will certainly uh, impart knowledge and uh, tips, etc. So uh, hopefully it'll evolve into something uh, quite interesting. But uh, go to freetrade.io slash moms, M-O-M-S, and uh, sign up. And as soon as you fund your account, you, you get your free share, which uh, arrives uh, within a week or so. Right. Thank you very much to those guys again. And uh, now let's get, let's start with a little Villa news. The uh, fan consultation group meeting with Christian Perslow took place. I don't know if I want to go into details about stadium developments now, etc., uh, etc. Et I mean, basically go to the Mile Man Said website if you haven't read it already. The full notes are there. The headline, I would say, in terms of stadium expansion, which a lot of people like to talk about, is the last time we were speaking with Christian Perslow about it, he just dismissed it kicked it into the long grass but now he's talking time frames and it's very much a live wire concern so uh we're moving people and uh i think next season 
the idea of uh, this meeting was to you know get out, get out what is our ambition and it's you know 100% as i've always known but for a lot of fans out there don't seem to realize the the hardline uh, ambition of european football and we're not just talking Europa League, uh, you know, we're talking uh, aiming at the top four. So uh, that is the underlining ambition. And that's uh, what we start, what should be a bit of a firecracker of a season, I would say, next season. I hope so. Really yeah, hope for so. For sure. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Copper America, while uh, Mr. Mings and Grealish help the England cause, uh, Martinez and Louise uh, uh, Douglas Luiz are in the quarterfinals of the Copa America. I think Douglas Luiz started his first game. Was it against Ecuador? Is uh... yeah, yeah. He sat on the bench for the first couple of games, didn't he? And Martinez is uh, having a nice tournament so far yeah. as well. He's a more he's a more interesting one because for years Argentina haven't had a decent keeper to go with all their other talent, and now yeah, people are true. starting to say, "Is he the missing link in the puzzle?" Just as Messi's on his way out, though, unfortunately for them. Yeah, that's bad timing. But they ha- they do have this chap called Buendia. Ah, oh, yes, so they do. Apparently, he will be a legend, and he will take the crown off Messi and uh, win uh, as well as a World Cup for Argentina. He'll win a le- league title for Aston Villa. He'll uh, win everything. <laughs> so the prophecy the prophecy is told. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, finally, uh, Daly and Atkinson's family have uh, a verdict. Uh, PC Benjamin Monk was sentenced to eight years with a requirement to serve two-thirds of it uh, before being eligible for release. I think everybody knows the uh, the full story there, but it's actually the first time in over 30 years that a British police officer has been convicted of manslaughter in the course of their duties I mean, it's 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 a significant case that's hardly got any traction in the media. When you consider, I think if there was video footage of it, you'd have a a bit more outcry for sure. Compared to you know, obviously, what happened with the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and how that became an, an international thing, and this arguably is a worse uh, a worse occurrence because it is uh, it's tasering for <laughs> way over the limit, and then a couple of kicks in the head as well. Yeah. It, it's pretty full on and it's just been uh, it's like and in other news that's where it's kind of ended up yeah it feels like it's yeah. been given lip service whether it's because of the Euros but even when it you know when the first story broke it I'm talking from day dot when it happened yeah, onwards that's what, that's what I was saying like from the work from the time that the story broke it hasn't there hasn't been that kind of outrage especially really with all due respect from the Villa fans no it's it's uh, it's, it's pretty strange actually but uh, at least the, the family uh, more importantly uh, have got some justice I mean you know it hasn't come quick meanwhile uh, the jury was unable to uh, reach a verdict uh, on PC uh, Betley Smith and uh, I don't. I think at this time of recording, it's still unclear what's going to be happening with that with her in terms of retrialing, etc. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, a big rumor hit the ground about Grealish uh, being done deal to Manchester City. Until we saw who the journalist was at the Daily Mail, and it looked like the, it was one of the interns or something that had broken the story. It was like done deal, blah blah blah. Then you got Talksport, and everybody starts to piggyback, and then you're starting to think, well, you know. This is, you know, I didn't think anything. Just thought, yeah, more bollocks. Of course, you know, Villa Twitter artists just jump all over it as if it's happening. It's a real thing without really any uh, investigation as per usual. This is, you know, how the clickbait thing starts. We've had many circumstances like this. 
How many times has Grealish been sold? He's already been sold to Spurs, Manchester United. People don't learn, though, from how the media works. They haven't worked out the equation yet. It's, it's almost like it's goldfish memories, isn't it? It's like we start again. Didn't you learn anything from when he was attached to Spurs? Didn't you learn anything, when, especially the Manchester United one? Apparently not. Uh, then... I could tell by some of the news coming out, some of the tweets by certain journalists that uh, they'd spoken to the club. So I spoke to the club to get the lowdown, and uh, there was a there is a life threat of uh, Manchester City actually preparing a bid because that's what the club have obviously got wind of. But the club have not received any approach from Manchester City at that time uh, when I spoke to the club. But obviously they've acted because they knew that City uh, had a green light interest in this. So uh, I'm sure Mr Grealish will become even richer on the Villa contract. I mean, I weigh this up in my head all the time. You know, as soon as he leaves Villa, I think the football side of things drops because it's he's not going to be earning. If he wins anything with Villa, it's it's going to be earned. He's having, he, he will have to do well to uh, lift Villa to that level or help lift Villa to that level. If he goes to Manchester City, he could probably sleepwalk his way to a, a league title medal and, uh, you know, maybe more just because uh, it's it's easy street. And I think this is a unique challenge where you are a childhood supporter of a club that suddenly, you know, you, then you become the season ticket holder, then you become the, you know, start playing for the team, then you become the captain of it. And then suddenly you've got uh, owners who uh, actually want to compete in the Champions League and they've got serious money. They're the third richest owners in the, the Premier League. And it's like, this is a perfect storm. I think you go with that. You take it another season at least before you just sell your soul and go, yeah, give me some medals. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, we've we've we said it all through last season. Even when he signed the contracts at the beginning of the season, it was like you'll see where you're at in a year's time. Just in terms of where the expectation of the club and his expectation was, they knew you know, they're on track and he is on track for where they want it to be. They probably yeah. would have liked to have been more. That's kind of what you know Perslow alluded to in the FCG that they were disappointed not to get into the Europa League, but whatever. But in terms of if, if at the end of next season, Dave, you know, if if, if come at this time next year, Villa haven't hit the target they want, then I'm sure he probably won't be there. But in a year's time, is in a year's time, and we'll get we'll, we'll come to that bridge. Villa actually did start to believe. Right, Europe's on. That was the thinking behind the scenes. This is I'm talking about. You know, up to like Christmas time. Well, they kind of publicly came out and said it in a loose way and you know of course you got injuries and, and at this time in our squad building we don't have that kind of depth in terms of quality to uh you know have a couple of key players out we, we can't carry that and that's what cost us and it's almost like well if we got lucky with those you know Barkley and uh Grealish then uh we would have had no excuses there and you know we would, would have done well because that Barkley by you know, that Barkley loan move was to fast trackers. And, uh, you know, it was a gamble, but uh, it was started off well and unfortunately uh, fizzled out, uh, which is a bit of an understatement. But yeah, you know, Villa put out a tweet today in terms of uh, the last few hours to renew season ticket. And there's a picture of seats with the big Super Jack uh, banner over the top of it. If he suddenly goes and they've been trying to sell season tickets on the back of Jack Grealish playing then they're soon going to see that backfire a bit. Yes. And their waiting list of 13,000 will start to dwindle. And, uh, you know, you'll have you'll have commercial knock-on effects big time. So they're not going to let him go without one hell of a big fight. And, you know, what's what's the excuse? Oh, uh, 
oh, you need to be playing for one of the big three to get into the England team. Well, no, you don't actually. And he's proved that. So he can be the England man. And he's, you know, he's on a different level now in terms of exposure. It's This is what these big national tournaments do. People who don't watch football day in, day out are suddenly watching when England are in the World Cup or European Championships. And so as a result, a player becomes a household name. Yeah, and he, he is everywhere. He's on every channel, every news broadcast about the game. I mean, I, I can't remember a Villa player getting that sort of exposure with the team. And, and you think, yeah, back I mean, to it's like, all down. I mean, there's one basic thing in life. It's like if you're good looking, you've got a more chance than you know the average schmo. You, you don't actually have to work to earn a shitload of money. <laughs> so, he's, and, got, and, he's clearly got a brilliant so, agent, and so that he carries that advantage. And he's now the the agency is with uh, the end of last year was bought out by a uh, like a Hollywood talent agency who know quite a lot about diversifying the brand and you know getting let's say actors to do different types of advertising and move them into different sectors and they do that with their sports stars as well in in america so you could say that there's there's two things that as an agent who doesn't really know anything about fucking villa or whatever you're thinking as long as he doesn't take a penalty in this uh european championship because all the the progress and and the the you know the rise in his stock would suddenly nosedive and you know he'd have to be doing pizza adverts to make a living (laughs) Or uh, or he signed, you know, signed to a Champions League club, so he instantly, you know, gets to capitalise on that on his persona because Champions League is a big international export as well. But on the flip side, you've got you can tell the story more. I think with him staying with his club, his childhood club, there's a stronger story there for branding, and he suddenly becomes the symbol of trust. If that makes sense, so and if you so if if that is the basis of your product and your brand, you know, for Grealish to be the face of something, this is uh, something. If a savvy agent won't necessarily be pushing him towards uh, Manchester no. City, they'll they'll uh, see the bigger picture. So anyway, we'll see how that this one pans out. Good news is England stay in the tournament. Uh, Grealish stays a Villa player one hundred percent while they're still in the tournament. So just keep on winning, England. Meanwhile, Sancho apparently at the time of this podcast has. Uh, it's understood United have agreed terms with Dortmund. Good move for both, I would say. And you're talking at 73 million, which is lower than uh, which was muted uh, probably last year. You know, we're talking, we're looking at Sancho in English eyes as somebody who is not making the pitch in the Euros so far. He hasn't, he hasn't, he's only played a few minutes, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he played. Was it the last last ten minutes, five or ten minutes of the Czech game? That was about it. Yeah. So if Grealish is actually, uh, I mean, he's he's already an impact player for England in this tournament. As you know, as we said, this isn't a t- this isn't the first eleven is not as important as a first 11 used to be this is about uh, the match day squad and the utilization of that and uh, well we'll get into it uh, in a second so uh, his value is uh, we know at least over 73 million anyway three points let's get into them quick and snappy point number one well it's a double header it's all about <laughs> point number one it's a double header Suddenly, uh, traditionally, our uh, teams in our ballpark, Everton and Spurs, have, uh, well, within hours before recording this show, acquired new managers. Managers with calibre, a bizarre one, I think. Rafa Benitez going to Everton. Didn't look right. I had to blink twice. Yeah, to, it's a uh, strange one. <laughs> 
I mean, it's a good move for them, but it is a, it is a weird one. The, the natives are restless, yeah. And uh, Nuno going to Spurs, which seemed like like a season ago would would be like a logical transition because you were waiting for him. If he couldn't uh, get Wolves up to that level, and you know, quarter finalists Europa League, they're they're kind of on their way. I think they just bit off too. I think they got they qualified for that a bit early, too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hit a glass ceiling and kind of bounced off it. And now Nuno to Spurs, it kind of feels like he's the fourth or the fifth choice. But also, Wolves got rid of him, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they said it was mutual, but they were the owners essentially went, well, should we part ways? And he was like, yeah, right. Yeah, and then he was attached to clubs like Crystal Palace or whatever, and you just thought, That's, that seems like, oh, he was booted, and now he's just scratching around for a job. But he's managed to uh, end up at a place where probably a year ago you would, you would have expected him to go. It's almost like it was a natural uh, evolution of his career. But there's still question marks about him, and uh, there's also question marks about Spurs' situation at this moment. Yeah, big transitional period for Spurs. And Arsenal, yeah. to be fair, the two, you know, the two North London clubs in a really interesting position. I think out of those two situations, I think probably Rafa's got the easier wicket because yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. he can just literally, ca- if he can keep the players that Angelotti got in, he can kind of, you know, pick up where they were left off. Yeah. Uh, point number two, Northern Ireland Football League is set to provide defibrillators for all 41 member clubs. It's obviously inspired by uh, Denmark's Christian Eriksen uh, and his situation in the Euros. So it's good that uh, people take note of these things to uh, actually make sure they don't happen. Uh, I mean, you know, Irish Premiership teams do have them, as I'm sure a lot of football clubs have, but lower down uh, the levels and, you know, Women's Premiership as well. The, you know, the idea that they have this equipment on hand uh, and they're learning, I mean, even if it just saves one one life across you know 10 years or whatever it's still worth doing so uh i think it's very much filling in the filling in the gaps there because uh, a good lot of teams and and facilities that the player would have one but you know if it raises awareness that people know to go and look for it and they know that there's going to be one there it's 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 all good Point number three, uh, Haitian scandal. I think we unearthed uh, a Brazilian one last time. This is the uh, Haitian uh, Football Federation. Rosnick Grant, a former international referee and now suspended vice president and head of referees at the Haitian Football Federation, has denied claims of attempting to arrange the killing of a radio journalist who had been attempted to uncover corruption and sexual abuse uh, in the uh, Haitian Football Federation, namely by uh, Mr. Grant himself. Last year, there was a Guardian investigation where trainee referees, female ones, were saying, if you want to have a career, as one of them said, quoting to the uh, Guardian, the end of your career potentially could end before it started if you did not have sex with Mr. Grant. If you want to have a, one of them said, if you want to have a career to referee tournaments, the only person who can make that happen is Grant. He uses it as a leverage to be selected. We have some tests, physical, for example. Some girls pass the test, but they're not selected. We have some girls who didn't go to the physical test, but are still selected because they sleep with Grant. It's very simple. They take the, uh, the alternate physical test, it seems. Anyway, he uh, he's said to have arranged a meeting with three local gangsters to have this journalist popped off, but they refused. And uh, allegedly he said to them, if you don't want to do it, I'll find somebody else to do it. 
It's a bit, bit of a stark contrast to the the head of the PGMOL, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, that's why uh, you know I tried to smoke the peace pipe with them and have discourse uh, through the uh, FSA rather than just bitching on Twitter because you never know uh, a r- little red dot might appear on yeah, my floor. Might, <laughs> might have to call the boys. <laughs> While I'm recording this podcast, a little red dot might appear on my forehead, and uh, so, somebody says somebody says the word, and like the assassin Mike Dean gets triggered or something. That's just his trigger word. And he's sleep, after it's you. a sleeper cell. It's the mom's yeah. sleeper cell. So uh, yeah, in this case, uh, this is just somebody who thinks he's uh, powerful and uh, he's in a bit of a tight spot there because he's about to lose all his power. Right, before we go on, I just want to say uh, a big thank you to the uh, My Old Man Said patrons uh, for supporting the show and uh, most of all interacting and uh, joining our community of Match Club as well, uh, as well as uh, having access to Match Club, you also uh, get access to the Moms patreon podcast channel as well and uh, within match club there's there's other clubs in there now this screen club which is like a screen culture club because you know my background's from uh, the film world so uh, that's a point actually mr phil we have to record another podcast uh, related to that at the moment the working titles my old mandalorian said on those podcasts but i think if we got a catchier title that they would be more frequent <laughs> yeah, well, you you don't need you don't need to worry about spoilers, do you? Because I took a quick glance in there today, and it looked like <laughs> C- a CIA redact- redacted yeah. papers. It was just black bars everywhere. I went, all oh, right, <laughs> something's going on. People are very conscientious in Match Club because uh, it, in in the uh, the channel for talking about uh, you know what you're watching, uh, you know whether it's low key or whatever TV stuff you're watching, as well as films. But when when people uh, are talking about spoilers, they do. Uh, blank them out so if you want to uh, see what they've written you just click on the, the black bars and it appears so it's a great feature i think actually works very well for i didn't even know about it to be honest but also there's investo club now that's why uh, we have free trade uh, supporting the show and uh once we started talking about it to listeners then it soon became apparent that this is something that we have a bit of a hive mind on with various people who are yeah we've got some very bright people actually traders as well and and financial advisors so uh, we're hive minding it this is the direction for uh, the new season because uh, Villa hopefully will be rocking and rolling and we will too but big special thanks to uh, the new patrons that signed up in the last uh, week Stuart Cowley David Southam Leo Hetman, Colin Spence, and Adam Yanoka, who actually signed up uh, literally uh, hours, or minutes actually, before we uh, started recording this podcast. So a big thanks to them. Anybody else who wants to uh, join us and also support the show, go to the My Old Man Said website, myomansaid.com, and uh, check out the Patreon option on the menu. I think I'll be revamping uh, that. So uh, new people uh, might have something fresher to look at uh, in terms of uh, detailing the evolvement of uh, things like Match Club. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Etc. Right, let's talk Euros, lads. England press regardless with Shaw. And now Grealish. Grealish in! Championship has begun. Straight into the England game. Yeah, let's talk about everyone else first. <laughs> really? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Although I could talk about the Dutch uh, the, before the game all day long. Now but, that's a uh, show in itself. Save that. Yeah. Right. Uh, going into this game, uh, one thing I thought the good thing about England was that they were they were solid in terms of they hadn't conceded a goal. But I think Southgate didn't think they were solid enough, so he went to the solid formation of uh, three centre backs. I think I put up a tweet as soon as I saw the uh, formation or the personnel. I, I just said this will not be a three-three going into extra time as the previous two games no. the night the night before had. So we're expecting a, a kind of a cager affair as those first three games had suggested. I think Southgate. It's all about winning, and uh, people have an issue with this. And the funny thing is, you just look at our demeanour. You know, in my time as uh, well, my time on this planet, England have been the plucky losers, and we haven't won. And if, but if, as long as we go down fighting, that seems to be enough. Here's a guy it decides, right? Let's win. Let's forget about this gallant losing. You know. Nonsense, frankly. <laughs> Throwing caution to the wind, blah, blah, blah. Let's, and he's, you know, they've been analyzing what kind of teams win tournaments and, uh, and how do they play. And this is what we've got here. Now, if you've got a problem with that, and people have, and they whinge and moan, and just, you know, look at some of the, sh- the shit I, you know, read out. Okay. You obviously don't know much about tournament football, or B, you've forgotten about tournament football and how things normally transpire and the teams how uh, you know their journey goes through the groups and you know what the telltale signs are that this certain team might actually do well etc etc but uh, anyway so Walker came in to uh, join it with Staines and Maguire and uh, Trippier and Shaw were the chosen uh, fullbacks. <laughs> you look at this team and you think, these players are pretty flexible, aren't they? Like Walker's played in two positions there. Trippier's played in two positions. I'm, I'm talking about the, the rear guard because we talked uh, earlier on, uh, I think it was in the second show, that maybe you want to bed down your back four or you know bed down your back line. I think so. But these players seem to be okay to switch positions and change formations, and uh, maybe it's a bit more advanced than we're giving it credit for. Well, we've, we've played both systems before. Yeah. To be fair to Southgate, he's kind of he has two 
preferred systems and per- personnel to put into them. I, I think the back three and wing backs kind of works against a team like Germany who are going to have a bit of the ball and they're going to come at you. You know, the Ukraine game next, you might see him revert to how he played before. I think there will be changes in personnel and system potentially. But for this game, I, I think he got it. You know, he, he set up his plan and he, and he, for the most part, got it right. I think the first, what, 10, 20 minutes maybe, I think we were, I was a bit concerned with... Are you missing something? You can't jump into the you can't jump into the game without talking about no Grealish. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? That's the, oh, the, well, bur- yeah. the burning thing on everybody's... It's like, oh, no, there's no Grealish, you know, no Grealish. I, I wasn't, again, I'm not surprised by that because uh, I thought Saka did really well. And again, I think he was thinking... Any you know any team Germany the right way to get at them is to give them a threat of pace against them. So I wasn't surprised because Saka did uh, you know really well in the last game. I w- I didn't I didn't know if Sancho might get a look in although he hasn't featured yet. I didn't I didn't know if there was an argument to be made for him maybe coming in just because he knows that opposition. But the way Saka performed you know against the, in the Czech game he did well the first what 60 minutes against germany i thought he did, he did pretty well i think he gave his legs he was lively again yeah. he did well yeah so i i mean i expected to see grealish 100% i mean there's there's people are going you know oh well he's not going to get on you know this is this before the game even kicked off he's not going to get on cuz he, he'll bring on foden he'll bring on matt they clearly have no idea what southgate's about because southgate is very much a grealish fan he was almost like uh, at his uh, his hospital bed when he was out for three months, just yeah. you know, making sure yeah. he was fit. I mean, he was at Villa Park every game he was back. I mean, how many times did he, yeah, how many times did he sit beside Jack in all those hideous tracksuits and just exactly, you know, yeah, yeah, he had to sit next to all those hideous tracksuits when uh, Grealish was uh, out. So he he wants to utilize him, and he and he seems to know you know how to do that. But you know, we'll get more more about this uh, in in a second. Examples of you know some of the most Jeff Hurst didn't play a single group game and he's like known as the man who won England the World Cup and when uh, he was selected for that game you know Alf Ramsey was getting pelters because people were saying Jimmy Greaves should be playing because he was scoring shitloads of goals and this is just the way it works Bobby Robson used to get a battering in the in the tabloids and then he was suddenly Sir, Sir Bobby be- just because he got him into a semi some of the flack that's gone uh, Southgate's way when he's actually if you take a step back strategically you know you've got to take off your claret and blue glasses and by the way Grealish is his big role is still to play I think if England win the cup one of those reasons why he win- they, they'll win the cup is because of Grealish's contribution so as the game uh, panned out, it was reasonably cagey. And I think my only concern was just those yellow cards that Rice and Phillips picked up. Yeah, it's kind of, as I was saying, I thought the first 20 minutes or so, those you saw the little golfing class in terms of Rice and Phillips, I'd class them as good Premier League players. But in Tony Cruz and players like that, they're what you call world-class players and they're experienced and savvy. And they were running on top of them a lot. I don't know if it's because they were out. They were either outnumbered or they were just our positional play, and they didn't quite know which one to go, or they didn't hold their their positions, or whether they just hadn't grown into the game yet. But when they did grow into the game, they were both excellent. I thought Rice had a fantastic game. Yeah, I, I thought both really of them good were game. Great. Like, I've, I, I, he's he's one of those players actually of opposition teams who's really grown on me through the season. I really as, as you play. said, you know, you look at uh, you know the lineup in midfield you, you, of the Germans, and you're talking, you know, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich players, players who've won things, won World Cups, won Champions League, etc. 
And you're thinking, why, why did Chelsea win the Champions League? They, I thought they were like uh, middling around fourth position. And then you then you see, oh, they actually had three Germans in the team. <laughs> yeah, three, three of their starting eleven, and it's like, ah, shit, I didn't, you know, the penny didn't. I knew they had one at least, but the penny kind of dropped. So this is, I was waiting for some people to say, oh yeah, but this isn't a great German team. But actually, when you look at that first eleven, the clubs they play for, it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, you, the German bars set high, isn't it? This isn't vintage yeah. German, but it's not. That doesn't mean they're a bad side. They're just not quite at the level they were. No, and maybe when you watch back in a few weeks' time, depending on how the tournament goes, if you watch this game back, you might actually think to yourself, you know, this game was, you know, wasn't a an English demolition of the Germans. There was, it was, no it was a very even game. Yeah, and also this this is a German team that just wiped the floor with Portugal as well. So uh, yeah. That was probably one of the most impressive performances of these Euros so far, that game. Yeah, the, my overall takeaway from it, in terms of like a bit of a headline, is Germany had big chances, didn't take them. England had big chances and took them. And that was the difference. You know, Muller, that Muller chance probably is the defining moment in the game. If he scores that, it could be a different game. We go up the other end, get the second. It's almost like what happened the night before, you know, with the Swiss the game. Swiss, Swiss, Swiss missed the penalty, the French got up the yeah. other end, and within what, two minutes, they're 2-1 ahead. I just think yeah. it's the com- it's the complete opposite of the Euro '96 game. I mean, you think a yeah. Gascoigne's going across the net and somehow not putting it in. Well, that was Germany's Gascoigne moment, Miller there, because I don't yeah. think there's I don't think there's anybody in the world that didn't think he was going to score because he yeah he sat- I, th- I thought it was in when it left his boot. I yeah. thought that was I mean, the goal. He sat Pickford down, put him the wrong way, and then just bobbled yeah. it past the post. Yeah, no, he couldn't believe it when he missed that. I got him done. <laughs> That's career <laughs> ending. That's the mother mentality done. Yep, it's over. definitely. And, uh, you know, question marks before the tournament about Pickford. Maybe he'd lost some of his uh, pizzazz. I thought he was great. He has been all through the tournament, to be fair. I thought yeah. all the defenders were pretty good. You know, ultimately, the it was Sterling's back pass that started yeah. that uh, shenanigans off. So the back line, I think, were, were pretty solid. And, and Maguire, you, you know, you, you, you kind of want Mings in there, but... Uh, you can see why Maguire's in. Even though he needs to work on his header in. Yeah. The only thing with the back line for me was you saw on the rare occasions that the wing-backs actually got involved because obviously we matched Germany, didn't we, for shape because they had wing-backs. When our guys actually pinned them back and got involved, you saw Shaw got involved in a great position, square ball 1-0. So there's a lot to be said for, I don't mind just playing a back three, but those wing-backs, they have to get involved. Otherwise, I think we struggle to connect back to the front. Well, the, that, the thing was, uh, Shaw suddenly started getting involved when Grealish was on, and yeah. that was a big... Somebody who could actually, uh, A, hold the ball up, but also have just have that extra pass that actually yeah. gets the wing-back into play. Yes. Because the first half, I mean, like Sterling was having these great runs. Yeah, he's running at them, but he was, you know, he's running into three or four of the players and he was just missing somebody alongside him. It's almost like that extra defender has taken away like a number 10, for example, who can get amongst it and would have given uh, Sterling a pass there. I mean, it happened a few times with Kane had a similar problem where he's kind of running into traffic because there isn't actually a, an option. There's nobody kind of close. They're a bit, those kind of front three are a bit isolated. But when Grealish came on, then suddenly there's that extra person to kind of pass to. And, you know, he's, he was very smart in everything he did, uh, Jack. And it connects it all up. But but also the timing of Jack. I mean, we you know, we've seen him being marshaled against the likes of, for 90 minutes, against the likes of Brighton and Burnley. But an international level, if you bring him on against a tiring team, suddenly it's it's a seismic shift in what they've got to deal with. And it's, yeah. uh, it's that's what gives you the edge. And that's and it's possibly where the hype thing, 
it, it plays into your hands because you could see the lift it gave the crowd and then conversely the lift it gives the team and and the team feed off that energy and probably the Germans feed off it a little bit as well in that, okay, England might get the second wind here and he did give them that little bit of extra, I don't know what you'd call it, just that little bit of extra energy, like a little bit of glitter on top that they did need in that final third. Like You saw it for both goals, just Jack picked the path. At the right moment, he picked the right pass and I think yeah. you spoke about it in the previous two sort of Euros pods we did that he will be defined on his little bits of end product. Well, the last two times he's played, you've seen him in in moments, just having moments of quality. And in international football, he isn't going to have the same necessarily the impact that he has for Villa, where yeah. everything's going to go through him. But when he gets his opportunity, he has to take it, and he has done. And uh, that second goal, the, the one that he set up for Harry Kane, I mean, as soon as Jack worked space into the box, I, I was screaming shit. And in his interview afterwards, he said to himself, you know, was trying to work it for a shot. And I, I yeah, just got Yeah, he was going to work fe- it onto his uh, left, wasn't he, for his shot? Yeah, and he goes, I just got this feeling that, you know, the, the right thing to do was, you know, look across for Harry Kane, and he just put it on a plate for him. So, yeah. you know, that's... That's an improvement over what we had been talking about before. Just like football and intelligence, that's that's the right pass at the right time. And in a really big moment, you know, at that point at one that it's still a little bit nervy in the game, you could quite easily get that rush of blood to the head. This is my golden moment. But actually, Jack traditionally sort of slows slows things down and picks a pass. And that's that's what makes him at the level he's at. In big games, big players have big moments and he's fair play to him in that moment. That's a big tick a big tick next to him. Jack Grealish touch count. Came on 68 minutes. Tw- so that what's that? 22 minutes of play. How many touches did he have? Uh, 15. Feel sure. Nine. Seven. Oh wow! Ooh, Which shows you the efficiency, th- the efficiency and impact that he can have. He doesn't need to uh, one assist, one pre-assist. <laughs> Normally he has seven touches when he gets the ball on the edge of his own 18 yards and, you know, doesn't do anything. But if you get him in the right areas... Yeah. And Southgate's giving him instructions to not, you know, fanny around on the halfway line, whatever. It's like you're going on with purpose rather than, oh, you're playing today, you know, have a good, you know, have a good time. Yeah. I think it almost, it helps focus him because... I think he said in a previous interview as well, when he's coming on, he's, he's just, it's quite simple, really. He's coming on to either create an assist or score a goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we said that, didn't we, um, right at the start of the tournament, that Southgate is going to need to find a way to get the best out of his big players in the key part of the field. You know, yeah. In terms of Kane, we'll come on to him in a second. But he's managed to do that with Grealish and Sterling, to be fair, who'd been kind of written off before the tournament, although his goals record speaks for itself. He hasn't probably got the best out of a Foden, a Rashford or a Sancho yet, the wide players. But actually, Jack, he's actually found a role that kind of works for him. Yeah, because I think Mount, I mean, he's like a potential starter, but maybe not at this uh, moment in time. But I don't see him as like, right, let's bring Mount on. That will change the whole game. It doesn't change the dynamic of a game, I don't think. Yeah, no, exactly. Foden, yeah, maybe in you know the same vibe as uh, Grealish, but I think there's something a bit more uh, impactful, a bit, a bit more calculating with Grealish. Yeah, I think Foden would have been definitely having a shot at the end there, and then oh, like yeah. you said, well, especially yeah. as he's a left-footed player, he just put his laces through it. Yeah. Although City players are taught to always play the extra pass. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, comparing them uh, or, you know, saying one's better than the other. I'm just, just at this time, it just feels, uh, even if he doesn't start, you know he's getting on the pitch now because he he does change the dynamic. And can and probably will change the dynamic as well. It's not, he has the potential to. I mean, you look at the bench and think, well, Rashford could change the game. Sancho yeah, in a, could, in a different way, yeah. But Jack yeah. generally does. 
But it's 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 from what I've just said. They just seemed a little bit isolated, and when Sterling suddenly goes on a run and he starts committing players, there's nobody to run into that space that he's just created by committing all these players. No. And that was one thing as soon as Grealish came along. It was like, now we've got that extra body to link things up. Mm-hmm. What was uh, what was Kane's touch count, just as a matter of interest? Kane's touch count was 29, which, which is, is more than of, you'd think, actually, considering yeah. how isolated he got. Yeah, part of the cause, really, for his, his role, I would say. Yeah. One too many in that first half at the end. He could have took a touch less and put it in. Yeah, I kept looking at that. Could he hit that first time? I think he'd be stretching for it. He probably didn't feel comfortable... Uh, that's when he's at, if he's confident, he probably goes for it there. But yeah, if he's confident, he's probably on it a bit, like a step quicker. Then he's in a better yeah. position to, uh, to hit it first time. But it's a it's a big relief for him just to get the goal. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Grealish starting, one of my th- theories was looking at uh, playing those two DMs. That maybe I mean, Phillips had a great game uh, the first game he played against uh, Croatia and I thought oh actually he's, he he does offer stuff going forward and he's quite neat with some of his passing is you know he's, he's quite expansive as well so maybe he can be more of a like a box-to-box influence and link up but then in the other games that wasn't really the role so I was thinking well you might as well put Grealish in the middle and then that allows him to link up those, you know, the Sterling and Kane, and actually uh, be that link link up man because they were kind of isolated at times, running running almost solo at uh, the opposition. But I thought Rice and Phillips in this game, I thought Rice did really, he, you know, he knows the occasion. He was riling up the crowd as well. He was getting the crowd involved, and you thought, shit, this guy's getting, you know, he's gonna he's he's gonna get another yellow surely, and he almost did. He, he ran into the back of somebody, didn't he? And his first reaction was to what you know, rile up the crowd. And he thought, "Oh shit, a bit of hot-headedness here." This guy, uh, he's showing a lot of passion, but uh, but you know, past completion rate ninety-five point four. You know, pretty much flawless. Yeah, and you look at um, just back in Southgate, you look at the sort of the cards that he still has to play. I mean, w- would you rather be France? Would you rather have played all your cards and tried to shoehorn all these, you know, super attacking players? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, Phil, uh, I wouldn't want to be France because they're out. That's, a, that's exactly it. And then, and then, they're off home. Yeah, they're, they're left to bring on Sissoko in the last few minutes when they're trying to chase the game. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, our firepower is a joke, isn't it, when you think about the options I said this, Yeah, I said this a couple of podcasts ago. Southgate has a lot of cards up his sleeve still to play. We've got three games, potentially. and Especially in uh, terms of shape and personnel. And surprises, because sometimes, I mean, you know, you would venture that international teams have done their research on in the whole squad, but not necessarily. When you're getting deeper into a tournament and you've you basically got four four days to prepare, you're not going to be able to watch every game that you know each of these players have played, and especially if they haven't been featuring that much. I mean, you know, a lot of international fans probably uh, not au fait on Jack Grealish, and they will learn about him through this tournament. But similarly... Uh, you know, like Jude Bellingham and and uh, Sancho, unless you're watching the, the Bundesliga, you're not going to be a hundred percent au fait with them. So there is definitely uh, cards up sleeves. So I think we're in a very good spot. I mean, just quickly looking at the other teams that are left in this tournament, I think our next opponent's Ukraine. I think you could you could create a highlights reel of them playing, and it would look amazing with their outside of the foot passes and similar yeah. f- finishing. But they scrape through. 
qualifications. As, you know, as the Czechs finished third as well. Will Ukraine pose a problem? I mean, the good thing about that Swedish-Ukraine game was they were kicking lumps out of each other in uh, the, the final stages of that game. So that that will uh, will no doubt help. But I think potentially a more op- more open game than the Swedish. Yeah, it's a different dynamic for England. I think it really helps the fact that we're, we're travelling to Rome for this one. I think it's good. You know, they've had all the hype of the Germany game and it might just calm the group down just to travel, focus them in, knowing that they've got to go to Italy and get a result. And it'll be a very neutral atmosphere because, of course, no England fans are allowed to travel. I'd imagine the same applies for Ukraine as well. So it'll be a very kind of not such a partisan crowd. Not You won't have the pressure of having to play at Wembley and feel that you have to force the game and potentially the crowd get on your back. I think it might be a, a, it's a good time for them to travel. Uh, yeah, I mean, the crowd on your back thing, I, I, I don't buy into that. I think I think it's not just on their back, but you know I mean, it's the pressure that you feel that you have to force the issue is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I think on the field, definitely an advantage playing at Wembley. But I think you're right in terms of that. You know, it's the the lead up, isn't it? It's the, yeah, yeah. You're not you're not in the same environment, St George's uh, Park or wherever Spurs is uh, gaff. You're actually away, and yeah, you, you can you can zone out a bit. I mean, on the pitch, I think it will suit Ukraine more than it would if they were playing us at Wembley, just for that you know home yeah. advantage. But I think we're good enough to. Uh, do some damage in terms of uh, beating them. But, you know, not many people expecting them to get past Sweden. I, I didn't think it would be an easy uh, win for Sweden if they were going to win it. So. But there's enough there's enough trickery. I, I can see them, you know, going 1-0 up and giving us a nervous uh, nervous evening for sure. Well, we played them in the Euros, didn't we, back in 2012, wasn't it, in their own their own country, I remember. And that was a tricky game. Admittedly, it wasn't obviously a vintage England side by by a long shot, but I think I think it's still a game England would feel they should win, though. Oh, you, yeah. sh- you, should hammer, you should hammer them. I'm, I'm not having that at all. You should, it's, it's, it's a, it, may well, it may as well be a, a What bye. does the neutral say? It's a bye. It's a bye to the next round. <laughs> of course, they, they have played Northern Ireland recently, haven't, have they not? Yeah, and they the took a dodgy referee to scrape a 1-0 home win in Kiev against us. <laughs> against us. Us. <laughs> <laughs> us is northern ireland just in case you can't tell by the accent yeah i was, I was that was my next conversation it's i always remember was it uh, when we hammered denmark 3-0 in the second that was round japan and korea yeah where england were like they hadn't caught light yet they'd got through and you were waiting for you know the tournament to start for england and then he then just hammered them exploded in the first half didn't we, we were three and it looked quite quickly yeah oh yeah it was it was a great first half although England haven't really exploded in recent tournaments but that could be a, a potential one mm, against 5-1 Ukraine. against Panama was a pretty good first half to be fair but then the opposition to be fair Panama <laughs> are probably one of the worst teams we've ever played at a tournament yeah I mean if I think it's if if England click then uh, it could happen I mean you looked at the Holland game I think is a pretty good template I think Ukraine yeah. will set up like that yeah, I think you play Ramsdale and that's just to make it, try and make it even <laughs> I don't think uh, they'll be as well organised defensively as perhaps Sweden would be, but they will be uh, doing what they did against Holland initially and, and sitting back and trying to catch us on the counter because they have got some tricky players in terms of technically very good. I think the tougher game would be the semi because I think Czechs, Czechs are pretty solid they, if they want to nullify you. But we, you know, we beat, we dealt with them comfortably. I thought. Denmark, I would say, are the life threats to stop England getting to the final just because, yeah. like Switzerland, they have no fear. They're well drilled and they're uh, good energy and, you know, they'll go for it. And, you know, they, they just swatted Wales away. 
And I think without Ericsson, they seem to have this real, like, you know, the fire in their belly and the inspiration to, to kind of be a really galvanized unit. Because I don't think they've got a lot of stars in their side, but they just seem to be really solid. And the, and, the, and belief can take you a long way. Yeah. I mean, I judge mainly what I'm saying, uh, my kind of bigging up the Danes on not so much the Wales game, uh, but the, the first half against Belgium, which was pretty similar to the way the Swiss took about uh, the French. It's just like, we don't care who the hell you are, we're going to go for for you yeah and it's like those teams potentially are a team of 11 very talented top top players that you know the french were and well these teams the swiss and uh them are much more teams and it's like a you, you know a team effort and that's what gives them you know this is some of the parts type uh scenario but what do you think about Belgium? Uh, I mean, they must have uh, jumped with joy when France went out because I think they were thinking the only real-life threat to them is is the French. But they've picked up some injuries and they've looked shaky at the back. And I think Italy will be thinking we're going to take these fuckers out. I think Belgium probably... Probably all three of Italy, England and Belgium probably think this is the best chance we're going to get in recent yeah. years. And, you know, the Italians are used to it. Traditionally, and not in very recent history, but traditionally they're always in and amongst it, aren't they, at the business end of tournaments, historically? I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but uh, in terms of that side of the draw, if England get through against the Ukraine, Czechs and Denmark, two of them, if I could pick my uh, final opponent to set up the best possible England win, I, I would go for Italy. It'd be a great way to do it. Because <laughs> you yeah. want to show peace. I mean, these you know people are going to the finals, some of them you know paid a 1000 thousand euros so uh there's just one thing that nobody's mentioned which is spain oh shit i forgot about them <laughs> because this this is the problem they're they're so far under the radar because they don't have a, a decent striker but Murata scored two because he's getting five six guilt edge chances a match yeah. uh, spain are creating and i just think spain are a bit dangerous if you got if you got them in the final I just because you get them on the, the wrong day, absolutely. I, I just think defensively, though, if you if you hold your shit together against the Spanish, they're going to give you opportunities at the other end. But they're not getting through Switzerland. Be an interesting game. Like. <laughs> it's two completely different sides because the Swiss all of a sudden are planning it's the team who won't be scared of them. I mean, Croatia, I haven't been particularly impressed with through the tournament. They had, they had little moments of quality, but they scored three against them. I expected this, the Croatians to wake up uh, for one last hurrah against mm-hmm. Spain. I must admit. Yeah, and you know they could have won that game. Uh, let's let's be honest. They gave it a good go, they but I think it, you know we want to throw a cliche out there: the tournament too far. You could probably say that, but uh, mm-hmm. peak Croatia, let's say a few years ago, they'd have probably yeah. beaten Spain there. So that might be a marker of where Spain are, because you know who have they played? I mean, I mean, I saw a couple of their group games, and they look very, very average. I mean, the poll, they kept the polls in the tournament with that draw against them. I mean, they, they took Slovakia apart, but Slovakia were only still in that tournament. I mean, that God knows what Poland were doing, getting beat, beaten by them, but uh, they were there for a, for a roasting, and that's what Spain finally, you know, when they finally clicked, yeah. gave them. But yeah, it's, it's like Spain are like a solid, a bit like Italy. They haven't got their... You know the Baggios and the uh, the, they the just pe- don't have the heavy hitters that they have have had in previous years. But they don't have the marquee names. But they're more of like team. You know, they're more team yeah. teams, so to speak. Yeah. But I think England's resilient setup uh, plays into that uh, that they can take these these types of teams head on. And I think, as I said earlier, the the the, the depth of our firepower, if needed, will scare teams. We haven't seen much of it yet, but teams will know that okay, well, they've got Rashford, they've got Sancho, they've got 
like pace to burn if they need to. You've got yeah. Foden, you've got you know, you've even got like Chilwell, a Champions League winner, left back. He hasn't kicked a ball yet, has he? Yeah, and that's you know that's what we've been talking about in terms of it being a match day squad routine because we've got firepower that we can keep replenishing and through in, in game, and you have five subs which plays into uh, plays into it nicely. So uh, hopefully that will be a factor. But yeah, it's it's just about game management for Southgate and how he utilizes players, and uh, you know people not getting too upset if uh, your man Grealish isn't starting it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean you know again Platt didn't start until the quarterfinals and he's synonymous with the 1990 World Cup, you know, scoring that massive goal against Belgium in the injury time last last seconds and then started against Cameroon, scored, scored in the third and fourth playoff. And, you know, I put out a tweet today, uh, 1966, when England won the World Cup, England won their group with two wins and a draw. England didn't concede a single goal in the group stage in the first knockout game. Ramsey was getting shit for his selections, especially in terms of Hurst, you know, Jimmy Greaves. England beat Germany in that uh, tournament, semi-final and final at Wembley. And uh, the hero that emerged in the latter rounds, because he didn't uh, really feature in the group, or he didn't start the group stages, Mr. Jeff Hurst played in uh, Claret Blue Club Colours. So all the all the omens are there. It's certainly a big opportunity. It's one of those things where the stars are just aligning a little bit with the draw and the, the performances. We're just starting to rev up a little bit. Yeah, these are the things that you wouldn't normally say out loud, but since we have uh, a podcast and we've got to say some things, you, you have to say them out loud. Yeah, well, it has to come. It has to come home eventually, doesn't it? Just to stop that song. <laughs> Somebody's uh, there's the Aston Villa kit was leaked out uh, from a website. It seems to be uh, a legit. I mean, these things They're reasonably are, reliable on that website. Actually, they've, they've got it right on quite a few occasions. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got your labels on there, etc., uh, etc., et and you know, it looks like a, a model job. As somebody's just replied, barcode wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else put barcode because I, I just put up the tweet and said it reminds me of something, and and it's the West Brom kit, isn't it? I mean, I don't buy village kits anyway, but it doesn't really affect me. But that's, I definitely wouldn't be buying the home kit. Somebody else has said, Kappa won't stop till the villa badge is on your shoulder. <laughs> it does creep up very high, doesn't who was it? it? Who had that? I think it was Middlesbrough, wasn't it, the year they went down? I'm sure I remember they had the club emblem on the shoulder. It was a bizarre kit. That was the year they won the Coca-Cola Cup, as was. Favourite international kit in the Euros? To be fair to them, the German away kit that they lost to England in was superb so that's my favorite kit i like it it's a Italian great one. kit the, what the away one yeah the german away kit's brilliant yeah i think the home one's pretty funky as well with the little uh black pinstripes and uh you know the flag kind of uh cuffs i think home and away they have the best combo so what did you say phil no i like the italian one it's just a, it's a nice blue it's good, but I just think by Italian standards, it's not one of their better ones. I remember, like, you know, the Kappa kits of the early 2000s. They were brilliant. What, when they had the badge on the shoulder? Yeah. Back when Kappa was a bit stretchier. Yeah. It's the skin-tight kits. They were, they were great <laughs> kits, though, those ones. Except Wales had one as well, which kind of ruined it a bit. But yeah, mm. I think, yeah, German away, from, away one for me. What, what's, what's your favourite, David? Uh, I would go probably uh, German uh, home one. It looked like a kit that wasn't going to win the tournament. That's why I liked it so much. <laughs> it just looked pedigree. Just looked too, no, it just looked, it wasn't fearsome. It was just too fancy and nice. And I thought they're not winning the tournament in that, which is a good, good news. I'll take that. Uh, Mbappe, Mr. Superstar, absolutely, uh, 
fluffed it. Fluffed his uh, team's lines. Well, fl- fluffed his lines, cost his team. And then I saw all the parent, the French parents were all arguing after the game, weren't they, apparently, as well? Well, they, 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 they know the French. If they're not arguing before the tor- tournament, they're argue- arguing during, during the after. tournament or after the tournament. It wouldn't they're be a all- tournament if you didn't have the French kicking off or somebody going home in a huff. Yeah, and, and when they have a monk on, it's like, I mean, it's we saw it in South watch. Africa, it, they, <laughs> it can just disintegrate the whole team. It doesn't yeah. matter how good they are. Yeah, but that's a good thing about the England squad at this moment is there seems to be a good spirit there and a belief and, and pretty you know it's quite level headed at the moment. Seems that way. I mean, the thing that the, the one takeaway I had from that French game was Mbappe misses the penalty, walks off the field, and none of his barely any of his teammates come yeah. to console him. They yeah. just sort of just fuck him off. It suggests not a great team spirit, or they just don't like him. I don't know. I don't, I don't or, know. Which. Or he's a prick. <laughs> Maybe it's one or other or both, isn't it? <laughs> Who knows? Who cares? England go through. Villa are relevant again because <laughs> the because the superstar superstar DJ. I was going to say the uh, the superstar salvation who only needs to touch the ball seven times and you're you're going to get at least two goals out of that. It's, he's an influencer. Hashtag influencer. <laughs> yeah, Euro twenty twenty. Hashtag influencer. We wish him well uh, in the next game, which uh, you'll be able to quote Phil Shaw is is literally a buy. <laughs> Gimme, according to Phil. <laughs> according to the neutral, I mean, we're not. This isn't like uh, England rose tinted spectacles. This is uh, a, a certified neutral saying it's, it's as good as a buy. So uh, we'll take his uh, word for that one. His uh, Twitter address is in the notes. Uh, <laughs> if just in if case all goes wrong, <laughs> unless just in case you, you, uh, the Ukraine thumpers four nil, or, or Shev, Shevchenko comes out of retirement to play in that game. Right. Until then, thank you very much, uh, Mister Shaw and Mister Bud for joining me thank you very much uh, for listening as well uh oh shout out to uh, mr harrison has a hope you are well and hope you get out of hospital and everything's okay and you get to enjoy uh, england march into the semi-finals on that note it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.